Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. It is the Danny Parkin Show on CBS Sports Radio and Radio.com Sports. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Week one of the NFL in the books, even if Steelers-Patriots hasn't gone final. Patriots on top of the Steelers, 30-3 to in an hour and a half. The top sports media personality in the city of Pittsburgh will join us to talk about the Steelers laying an egg and what he makes of the Antonio Brown saga, which just continues to blow my mind. 855-212-4CBS to get in touch with the show. Talking top week one NFL takeaways. Also wanted people to weigh in on if they think the Browns have earned that seat at the table where, yeah, we care about them. They're going to be talked about on you know ESPN and Fox Sports 1 because good or bad, we care. We like either celebrating the new and the different and rooting for them or cheering and having some schadenfreude when they fall on their face. Like, But people have opinions on the Browns. People have – they are polarizing. They are interesting. They are relevant. And that is a great place to be in the NFL. Maybe there will be a flash in the pan. But given the talent and the personalities, I don't think so. Speaking of something that is not a flash in the pan, we got to have a talk about Pat Mahomes. All right? I, um, I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I did work in Kansas City for about six years. I covered the Chiefs. I know a lot of people in and around that organization. My mom's family is from Kansas City. So they're not my number one team. That's the Bears. But I will admit to you I like the Chiefs. But I have been very critical of the Chiefs in the past. I do not think that I am particularly biased when I say this. But I always say this on the show. Everyone in sports media has biases. It's the people that who, who admit their biases to you are the ones that you can trust. So I give you my background there as a disclaimer that you may or may not think is relevant. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. We got to have a talk about what we're watching with Pat Mahomes because we should appreciate it as it's happening, because I think we are seeing what will end up being historical greatness. In his first year in the NFL as a starter, which was his second year in the league last year, Pat Mahomes had one of the three greatest statistical seasons a quarterback's ever had. He had over 5,000 passing yards and 50-plus touchdowns. That's only been done by two players who did it one time apiece. One name was Manning. The other name was Brady. And Pat Mahomes. So that's the list. That's the company. And Pat Mahomes is obviously not yet Tom Brady. And he's obviously not yet Peyton Manning. But when you think about the accomplishments of Brady and Manning as individual players, there's lots of superlatives that you have to them. And a lot of it is obviously team-based, as it should be. But... So much of what a team can accomplish is based on circumstance, right? Their coach, their division, their health, all of those things. Tom Brady 
won an MVP three times. Peyton Manning won the MVP five times. I think Pat Mahomes is going to enter that stratosphere. I think that's what we're watching. I think we are watching a quarterback who one day will be in Canton, who will win three or more MVPs, and when you start talking about three or more MVPs, you're talking Favre, you're talking Brady, you're talking Manning, you're talking a short elite list. And I think you're talking about a player who is going to get Andy Reid a Super Bowl, who will be the face of the league, will be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Like he's going to he's going to rewrite some record books here. I think we are watching a transcendent talent. I believe that we are watching Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers had a great coach. Because Andy Reid is a great coach. Whether people are like, oh, he hasn't won a ring. Okay. He's good enough to win a ring, and he's gotten career year from Jeff Garcia, career year from Kevin Cobb, career year from Mike Vick, career year from Alex Smith, career year from Donovan McNabb, all good to above average quarterback talents had their best passing seasons with Andy Reid, but now he has an elite quarterback talent and he gave him one of the three greatest statistical seasons of all time. So this is a marriage of genius, innovative offensive coach with generational type talent at the position. And I think we should all just sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. I will give you a stat that I first saw from Michael David Smith over at Pro Football Talk that I think encapsulates what we're watching. And you can say, hey, this is part of the era. Okay, you're right. Quarterbacks are more protected now. It is more of a passing league uh, than it was back in the day. Sure. But obviously Tom Brady is still in this league. Peyton Manning is not that far removed from this era. But sure, adjusted for era, noted it's easier to play quarterback in 2019 than it was in 1999. We're in agreement there. You know that Pat Mahomes today set the record for most passing yards through the first 20 games of an NFL career? And you're like, oh, okay, well, adjusted for error, for error, that's, that's great. But, you know, again, it's easier. You know in the uh, Princess Bride when Inigo Montoya is fighting Wesley – the man in the mask, and they're complimenting each other in the sword fights. And he goes, I admit it, you are better than I am. And he goes, then why are you smiling? Because I know something that you don't know. What is that? I am not left-handed. And then he switches hands. That stat that I just gave you, Patrick Mahomes already most passing yards through 20 games, first 20 games of an NFL career. I know something about that stat that maybe you don't know. Pat Mahomes hasn't played 20 games. He's only played 18. So he's 90% of the way to that benchmark of 20 games, and he's got two more to go. That's his I'm not left-handed moment. So Kurt Warner holds the record, or held the record, for most passing yards through their first 20 games of a career. Pat Mahomes today passed Kurt Warner, and he's got two games to go. So he is rewriting a record book. His name is up there with Hall of Famers already. 
And so I am honestly curious. 855 212 4CBS. 4227 is the number. At Danny Parkins on Twitter. What superlative is too much for Pat Mahomes too soon? Like, what that I just said about Pat Mahomes do you feel like is too much on the kid? Because, and and don't call him up and say, well, he could get hurt. Yeah, obviously. He could get hurt. Injuries could derail his career. But Tyreek Hill got hurt today with his clavicle, and they didn't miss a beat. Sammy Watkins turned in a vintage Clemson Sammy Watkins performance, 198 yards with three scores. They drafted a second-round pick at wide receiver. They have Damian Williams in the backfield. They have the best tight end in the NFL in Travis Kelsey. And it was a 100-degree heat index in Jacksonville with humidity, and the Jaguars have one of the three or five most talented defenses in the NFL, and they still hung 40 on the board. So, on the road... First real action in a long time against a really talented defense in really tough conditions without his best wide receiver for the majority of the game. He hangs 40 when his ankle is hurt. This dude is scary, man. He's a different kind of cat. And I just, I don't really think that there's a superlative that you can put on him that's too ridiculous. Like, I'm not even saying he's the best quarterback of all time. But it's possible. So I'm not going there yet. Like I think Rodgers is the most talented player to ever play the position. I think when people talk about Brady as the GOAT, what they're really saying is he's the winningest quarterback ever. Because I don't think you could watch Brady and say that he's the most talented quarterback ever. I don't believe you can do that. Because there are just throws that he can't make that other guys can. And I know it's not all about arm strength and mobility and all of that, but... There are guys that have better arm strength and are more mobile and even have better accuracy on deep and intermediate passes than Tom Brady. But Brady is remarkable. He's ridiculous. He's clutch. He's got everything between the ears. He's a winner. Ice in his veins. Belichick and all that stuff. But I think Mahomes is Rodgers with elite coaching. And Rodgers can make every throw on the field. And Mahomes, man... What can't he do? So, is Peyton Manning's five MVP awards in play? Maybe. That'll depend on the era and how many other great quarterbacks there are. But if I set the over-under right now at two and a half MVPs for Pat Mahomes, you going over or under? Because I'm going over and I'm not even thinking twice about it. That is a remarkable accomplishment for a kid who's 23 years old and has had one full season in the NFL. 18 career regular season games. It's scary, man. I don't think that there's a superlative too big for this guy. Bunch of people want to call in. You tell me if I'm going too far on Pat Mahomes. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. 855-212-4CBS is the number. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Patriots 33, Steelers 3. God, what an embarrassment for the Steelers to lay that kind of egg 
in week one of the NFL season. Taking your calls on your top takeaway from week one as your teams go through. I gave you mine earlier in the show. Plenty for you to weigh in on, including the relevancy and how you feel about this Cleveland Browns team. Do you root for them to remain relevant, or are you rooting for them to fall on their face? I absolutely love it. I am rooting for them. I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield to be the quarterback who can make news on and off the field in that fearless nature. But now I also want to talk about Pat Mahomes because I'm not sure that there's a superlative you can attach to this guy that is too much too soon. I think anything is in play. Peyton Manning's five MVPs, Hall of Fame, getting Andy Reid a Super Bowl. I think it's all in play for him. He's as talented as any quarterback that I've ever seen play the game with a great coach who is doing statistical things that have never been done before in the history of the league. He already has the most passing yards through the first 20 games of an NFL career, and he did it in 18 games. And yeah, I know that it's an easier era to pass, but that doesn't really matter to me. When you're shattering the record, that doesn't seem to matter so much. He's going to put a huge gap between him and Kurt Warner over the next two games. So that's what's on the table. What superlative is too much for Pat Mahomes, if any? Are you in or out on the Browns as a team that is treated with the same reverence nationally as the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Packers, where they're going to be talked about whether they win or lose because they're just straight up interesting? And I want to know what your top takeaways are from week one. Let's go to Dallas and welcome John to CBS Sports Radio at 855-212-4CBS. What's up, John? Hey, boss. How you doing? Good, man. Uh, no doubt Mahomes is probably going to be the best. I have, I have no contest with that. But the reason I was calling in is I just wanted to give my boy Dak Prescott a little love. He got his 158.3 perfect passer rating. I'm pretty sure only two other quarterbacks have done that in the last couple of years. Your guy Mahomes, right, and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, a perfect passer rating is – it's obviously great for one game, but it's its one game. You know, like p- passer exactly. rating on an individual game is not the craziest thing in the world. Like you said, Mitch Trubisky did it when he had six touchdowns against Tampa. But only two other guys have done it, and he did it with 35 completions for 42 attempts and over 400 yards with four touchdowns. And he did it in a brand-new offense where he is not held back by Scott Linehan. He has Kellen Moore now. There was pre-snap motion and crossing routes, and guys were wide open for him to put the ball on. If you don't want to take anything from week one, hell, I, I hope the Red the Redskins have the same uh, ambition about that. If they don't do anything, if people just want to say, hey, we just got to stop Zeke and make Dak beat us with their arm, I think we're going to the Super Bowl this year, sir. Dallas, listen, I, I, I'll i be surprised. I appreciate the call. Dak, Dak looked like he took a step, though, I'll admit. He was incredibly efficient. He got great yards after the catch, and the deep ball was there for him. Dak's never had a 4,000-yard season. He's never had crazy rushing numbers. He's never had more than, I think, 350 rushing yards in a season. He's... Never had more than 24 passing touchdowns in a season. I want to say 23, 24, somewhere in there. He's remarkably consistent. He plays every game. He's a great leader, super smart. 
The thing that I saw today from Dak Prescott was he was in total control. He just, if the Giants got through the line, he knew where the check down was. If he had time, he wasn't checking down. He was looking for the deep route. He spread the ball around. He hit guys in stride. I mean, I just pulled up the box score here. Michael Gallup, seven catches. Amari Cooper, six catches. Randall Cobb, four. Blake Jarwin, three. Jason Witten, three. Zeke and Tavon Austin with one apiece. Seven seven different players catch 25 passes uh, total for Dak Prescott today. Just spreading the ball around. That is a sign of a very mature, poised quarterback. There were some breakdowns in the Giants' secondary. Randall Cobb had a big uh, catch and run. Michael Gallup had the huge 62-yard catch and run. There were some breakdowns in the Giants' secondary. But for the most part, Dak Prescott was was brilliant. I mean, it was the best game of his career. It was the best game I've ever seen him play. And anytime your owner comes out and says, hey, contract is imminent. That's a good day at the office in terms of negotiating. That's well done. He made himself some money today. KJ is in Texas, and he's on the Danny Parkins Show at 855-212-4227. What's up, KJ? Hey, what's up, Danny, my man? Good to hear you on national radio, man. I'm a scorehead from Chicago. Appreciate you, man. I really do. Hey, listen, I was listening to your Who Do You Love picks. Uh, I believe it was Friday, and you was pretty confident about that Baltimore Ravens pick. And I, when I saw the score today, I said, well, I'll be darned. He was right on that. So I just wanted to shout you out for that. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was my biggest bet of the day. Thank you. Um, I, I like them a lot. And I'm not the only one. I know Warren Sharp has gotten a lot of love nationally for, uh, for liking because he, he does a great job and he quantified it and that went viral. But I thought that people were way too harsh on Lamar Jackson last year. And what I like about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and I've said this before on this show, I've said it on my local show, is if you have a good coach and John Harbaugh is clearly a good coach, if you're zagging when the rest of the league is zigging, it's tough to beat you. I went to Syracuse. I can give you a college basketball analogy. Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim's win percentage in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament is actually way better than a lot of his peers. His 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 uh, win percentage in the Elite Eight is way better than his win percentage in the Sweet 16. And I say, why? Because Jim Beheim plays a really tough 2-3 zone defense. And when you have five days to prepare for it before the round of 32 or excuse me, before the round of 64, or before the Sweet 16, you can prepare for it a little bit. But when you have 36 hours to prepare for it, it's really tough. That's what the Ravens are. The Ravens are like, all right, everyone is going to be pass, 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 40 pass attempts a game. We have this transcendent athlete at quarterback who is developing and getting better as a passer, we got a good offensive line. We got a good defense. Let's go out and get Mark Ingram. Let's go out and get let's let's carry three or four running backs. 
let's be on the record and say that Lamar Jackson's going to run 150 times this year. Man, that's going to be just, it's going to be tough to game plan for because it's going to be so different than what you're seeing from every other team in the league. So that's why I liked Baltimore this year. There was a lot of variance with Cleveland. Pittsburgh lost a ton of production. Cincy's Cincy. But then there's Baltimore. Good coach. Super athletic, super talented, super high upside quarterback. Playing a different brand of football than everybody else is. And, I mean, Miami was just so clearly trash that I was happy to lay that seven on the road today. So, listen... I'm the proverbial blind squirrel that finds a nut. I had a losing day gambling, so I'm not I'm not any genius, but it was my biggest bet of the day. So that actually helped quite a bit. So thank you to the Ravens for their performance today. But yeah, I, I think they're real. Some teams will figure them out. Some teams that are better coached than the Dolphins. Like I'm not declaring victory with a win over the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a dumpster fire. Straight up dumpster fire. So, if I'm in a survivor pool, next week they play the Patriots, I'm considering I'm considering just making one of my survivor picks this year, and I'll shout this out on the radio and maybe you'll follow along with it. I'm considering just doing one of my survivor picks and just picking that team, every team against Miami. And then when they double up and they play the Bills twice and the Patriots twice and all that sort of the Jets twice, figuring it out from there. But Miami has 0-16 written all over it. All over it. That is that is a problem. Sunday Night Football is wrapped up. I'll tell you what I'm sick of coming out of that game and some serious embarrassment from that game coming up. But your calls on top takeaways of the day and the many NFL topics that are on the table. I love this time slot. I love that I get to do this every week, especially during football season. We watch football all day. Then you and I talk about it for four hours. It's a great gig. The only difference between you and me, I'm getting paid for it. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. Give me a follow on Twitter at Danny Parkins. One hour from now, Andrew Filipponi. Radio host and TV star in Pittsburgh will join the show. We'll ask him what he's more disgusted over, the Antonio Brown saga or how the Steelers got 30-balled tonight in Foxborough. He's fantastic. We'll have a good time chopping it up one hour from now. Mike Tomlin should be ashamed of himself kicking a field goal from the one-yard line down 20 points against the, against the Patriots. I don't know why NFL coaches get so conservative. Cliff Kingsbury today, playing for a tie, is shameful. Doug Peterson is smart. Doug Peterson gets up seven, and he goes for two late to try to make it so he goes up nine so that he can remove a tie game from the equation and force the other team's hand. That is an analytically driven clock management, game management, game theory, more accurately, strategy. He's an outlier. Teams got to go for it on fourth down more. Teams got to go for touchdowns over field goals more. And when you're down three scores, field goals do very little for you. 
especially when you're playing against Tom Brady. If you're playing against someone where you think your defense can lock him up, it's one thing. I don't think you're doing that to the Patriots on the road when they're coming up and down the field on you. So I don't know what Mike Tomlin's deal is. He should be a better coach than that at this point. And he's a great coach Monday through Saturday, but that is that is just some questionable game management stuff. As for the Patriots, yeah, I'm sick of them. I'll be honest. This is going to make me sound like a bit of a hater. But I'd love there to be some sort of investigation into the Patriots. Because I haven't always been a hater. I rooted for the Patriots when they were 18-0 against the Giants in that Super Bowl. I wanted to say that I saw a 19-0 team. I like greatness. I like dynasties. I'm a child of the 90s and the Bulls. I don't hate on greatness. Root for Tiger Woods. I got no problem with it. This has just been going on for too damn long. It's boring. It's frustrating. It's history repeating itself. It's deja vu all over again. It's terrible. And like I'd love an investigation into how Tom Brady gets paid way less than his market value. You're like, oh, Giselle makes a bunch of money. Okay. He's got his TB12 clients over there. Or is he getting money under the table? What's going on? It's criminal that Antonio Brown ended up on the Patriots. That the Raiders had to give up a third and a fifth to give have the privilege of signing Antonio Brown for $30 million more dollars that he can get his way out of there and nine hours later, Patriots just have to give him money. And all he does is miss one game that they won by 30 anyway. That team didn't exactly look like they needed Antonio Brown. And all they give up is money. Non-guaranteed. It's crazy, man. They're the best organization in the sport by far. And a part of it is they push the envelope. They operate in the gray. If I was a Patriots fan, I would love that they do that. So I respect it. Don't get me wrong. Damn, do I hate it. It should be competitively unfair. It should be like when the Chris Paul trade got overruled in the NBA, it, it shouldn't be allowed for Antonio Brown to go to the Patriots. And I know it's collectively bargained, and I know that's just me being salty, but it's just it's ridiculous that he can throw a temper tantrum, possibly commit a crime by recording John Gruden, get cut and go to the place that he wanted to go to originally, that the Steelers would not have traded him to New England, that he can end up there anyway by circumventing all forms of decency. It's just not right for competitive balance. It's just rewarding aberrant behavior. And I know that elite talents and elite producers get second, third, fourth, fifth chances. I get it. If you're in your sales meeting and you're hitting your numbers and exceeding it, and you're number one in sales, and the sale meeting starts at 8 a.m., you can show up at 8.15. And they're going to be like, oh, well, Bill produces. But if Jack hasn't hit his quarterly reports for the last three quarters, you better be showing up for that 8 a.m. meeting at 7.45 with bagels. I get it. There's different rules for different levels of talents. And Antonio Brown is an elite talent, so I get why he's getting another chance. I truly do. I got no problem with it. I just don't think it should be in New England. That's just That just sucks. That's just the rich getting richer. So you call me a hater, fine, I'm a hater. But every time it's like, oh, 
this suspension means nothing. This investigation leads to nothing. This fine means nothing. Tom Brady, father time, undefeated, is the only guy that doesn't apply to. And then they go out and get Antonio Brown. If they lose Gronk, he didn't really do much last year, but maybe that'll be the beginning of the end. Nah, they get Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown to go with Dorsett and Edelman and James White and Sony Michelle. This could be the best group of skill position players he's had since 07 when he had Randy Moss. If Antonio Brown's on the straight and narrow. It's terrible. It's terrible for the league. 855-212-4CBS. And I say that because it's not. It makes them more interesting and the ratings will be higher and people will just hate and have opinions and then still watch. There's really nothing that's terrible for the NFL. The NFL is Teflon. But in terms of competitive balance, it's terrible for the league. They're probably going to win the whole damn thing again. And I know there's Patriots fans out there just using my tears as moisturizer. I get it. I really do. I'm jealous. And I fully admit it. 855-212-4227. Hank is in the great city of Seattle on CBS Sports Radio. Hank, thanks for calling, man. What's your NFL thought of the day? Yeah, I want to talk about Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. But first of all, i got to give a shout-out to my guy, Sammy Watkins. I'm a lifelong Clemson fan. And he uh, he was the for, uh, forefather of the whole wide receiver view um, that they got going on there at Clemson. So uh, you know, I just I because he was never when he was in Buffalo, he was never in an offense and never had a quarterback where he could properly display his skills. Now he's in an offense where he's going to have lots of open space and a quarterback that can get him the ball. And I just think he's going to have a monster year. And uh, you know, this could propel him if he has four or five great years to a Hall of Fame. Oh, I was with you until the end. I I was with you for the Clemson love. I was with you for the lack of quarterbacks. I was with you for the health. But I, he would have to be an – I will be floored if he's a Hall of Famer. But regardless, he's a, he's a very good player who's gotten paid, and I don't think he'll make the Hall of Fame. But I hear everything else that you said I'm in agreement with. I mean, because in that offense, he could put up 1,500 receiving yards a year. And uh, he's uh, one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's still as fast as anyone. All right, well, let's see him do it once before we talk about him doing it five straight years. Is that fair? No, I mean, it's just, I mean, unfortunately, that whole, uh, his public perception has been poisoned so much because he had to play those years in Buffalo. And Buffalo, let's face it, um, you know, that's just not a place if you want to be an elite wide receiver. Oh, Uh, listen, Sammy Watkins is great, but just... Play 16 games and have a monster season once, and then we can talk about him doing it five years in a row, and then we can talk about the Hall of Fame. But that, too much no, too I, soon. I get, yeah, I get it. Um, and as far as Patrick Mahomes, to be considered the best ever at anything, you really have to do something historic. You know, as a Clemson fan, I'm dealing with that with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, everybody's saying he's the best college quarterback. I mean, really, if he's going to be the best college quarterback, he's going to have to do something unprecedented like win three national championships in a row. And, you know, that's something that's never been done. So that was – and then he could say that he's the best college quarterback ever. But until he does something unprecedented, I don't know that you could call him the best ever. Uh, as far as Patrick Mahomes go, I, I think for him, I definitely see him owning um, – when he's when all is said and done, as long as he doesn't get injured, um, every single game passing record as far as yardage goes. Um, and season, single season passing and touchdown records. I think he's going to break all those. I do, too. I, I, I do, too. I appreciate the call. I think he's the, got the combination of talent, coach, skill position players, and era. He's just – he's got it all. 
He's got the fastest trio of wide receivers that you could possibly assemble with Watkins, Hill, and Hardman. Three guys who have been clocked at sub 4-4 speed. Fast running back who can catch in Damian Williams. And they added Shady McCoy, who looked pretty good today. And the best tight end in the NFL. And the best right tackle in football in Mitchell Schwartz. And a good left tackle, former number one pick, Eric Fisher. He's he's locked in. He is locked in to like I and I Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid didn't take a year off after all that Philly stuff and the personal tragedy to go to KC. Andy Reid is coach for life guy. And he continues to adapt to the NFL. Like the game has not passed him by in an instant. So you want to talk about someone that Pat Mahomes can get into the Hall of Fame? It's Andy Reid. Andy Reid wins a Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. Because of his impact in the game, the number of coaches who have coached under him, his longevity, number of wins, number of winning seasons, number of playoff wins. Andy Reid might coach 10 more years, and if they all come with Pat Mahomes, whoo boy. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is going to get Andy Reid a Super Bowl, and he's going to get Andy Reid into the Hall of Fame. 855-212-4227. Matt is in Arkansas on the Danny Parkins Show. What's up, Matt? Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Thank you. Hey, I'm uh, gonna go with a huge overreaction in Week One. Um, I just, I, but I think the uh, Cleveland Browns are in for a tough year, and I say that for a couple reasons. I, I think one, with all the the hype and the we have arrived and everything else, it's I, I just feel like they're gonna get everyone's best shot every week. Um, is it? Hey, let's go out, out there and pace these guys. And two. What I was more concerned with today, because I do think talent-wise they've got plenty, they're going to get the offense figured out, but um, I'm a big fantasy guy, and I took their defense in a bunch of leagues, and they got rolled today by a Tennessee team that for like the last three years has not found a way to get out of their own way offensively. Yeah, I mean, the only thing with that is week one overreaction, man. Like, they – a lot of teams can lose in week one and bounce back. It's just, it's one of 16. It happens every year in the NFL. Like you'd be surprised if on Monday Night Football they went into New York and beat the Jets, because I would not. No, no, not at all. Well, so then that's next week, and that's a nationally televised game, and they come back, and I, I appreciate the call, but I just – Tennessee's defense is good, and that game got away from them. Baker was terrible. He threw three picks. But – Baker was sacked five times. Overall, I actually thought their offensive line, though, played pretty well. I thought Baker was a little skittish and didn't help him out too much on a couple of them. He just played a terrible game, but we know he's better than that. We know those skill position players are really good. Chubb, Landry, Njoku, Odell. Like, I mean, that's that is a really solid skill position group. You go to New York next week. You win on Monday Night Football on the road, you're 1-1. One one. Rams at home. Tough little stretch there, though. Rams at home at Baltimore, at San Fran, home against Seattle, at the Patriots. That's a tough stretch. Going all the way across the country to San Fran, that's the easiest game in their next six. Yeah, that's not an easy schedule. So maybe they do start out 3-5. and five and things get away from them a little bit. But I agree with you that they're going to get everyone's best shot. 
because they're that team that it's real fun to beat. It's real fun to shut them up. We've already seen it. We're one for one. Titans won the game. Delaney Walker was doing the Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were after the game. So they are they are the fun team to shut up. I get that completely. That's the uh, that's the team that's got the target on their back. By the way, same with the Bears. Once you show out and you can't surprise anybody, you get that effort. And you'd say, oh, you should get that effort every week. There's only 16 games. There's human nature here. And you can't surprise people as much anymore. Right? Like, the secret's out. No one's like, oh, wow, the Bears defense, it's good. What a surprise. No one's like, oh, wow, the Browns, talented on offense. What a surprise. We know. So the secret gets out, and you don't sneak up on people anymore. So that's where you got to, you know, adjust to their adjustments. That's a thing that's really known in baseball, but it's true in all sports. Once guys have film on you and tape on you, they try to expose your weaknesses, and then you've got to fix those weaknesses and make them strengths so that they can't continuously exploit them. It's constantly a game of adjustments, and tapes out on the Browns and Baker Mayfield. We'll see how they adjust next week against the Jets. All right, two hours down, two to go. Andrew Filipponi in 45 minutes on all the chaos in Pittsburgh. I want to discuss your top takeaways from week one in the NFL. Continue to do that. But this Antonio Brown situation is a tremendous black mark on the league. I'll address all the theories out there as to how we got to where we were and the big mistake that the Raiders made. That's coming up. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.